0: Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now, here's your host, Dale Dixon.
1: Just keep learning. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Ron Price, co author of The Complete Leader. Ron, great to be with you.
0: Good to be with you, Dale.
1: Each and every week, we dive into one of the core competencies that are detailed in The Complete Leader, the book. The podcast definitely stands alone, but if you want the most out of this, grab the book and visit the website, thecompleteleader.org, to see so many resources, videos, blogs, Uh, you've got the book in addition to, so we really just bring this full circle in the podcast, and today we're diving into continuous learning. If you're following along in the book, it's section 1.5, and today it's about taking initiative. And uh, Ron, you brought to my attention a quote from Eric Hoffer, in a time of drastic change, it is the learners who inherit the future.
0: Yes, Dale, I love that quote, and aren't we in a time of drastic change?
1: Wow, yes. <laughs> I,
0: I love to read futurists, and they're saying that what's going to happen in the next 10 years will be more disruptive and um, change our lives more than anything ever before in human history. So the, the U.S. Army years ago came up with a way of describing this era of change that we live in. They called it VUCA. V-U-C-A and V stands for volatile, a time where there's a lot of change and we can predict some of it and some of it we can't predict and uncertain. We don't exactly know what all the implications are. For instance, right now all the talk about automation and robotics has people wondering whether or not there will be enough jobs for the next generation or whether we're entering into a whole different time of of human experience, because all of a sudden jobs won't be part of the way we live our lives. And then C stands for the word complex, which means there are so many moving parts, there's so many interrelationships that we don't understand how they all will play together as we look into the future. And finally, A in the U.S. Army, VUCA stands for ambiguous that we don't have clear lines of understanding. It's, it's no longer linear, but it's nonlinear the way that change is happening. And the antidote for all of this is that we'll be okay. We can surf the waves of change if we have developed continuous learning as a skill.
1: So I know that your leadership experience spans it's more than 45 years now. Has this idea and this concept of continuous learning always been something that you've been focused on as leadership skill?
0: <laughs> Certainly no. First of all, for decades, I didn't have a model like the complete leader. You know, the complete leader where we took these 25 skills and put them into the buckets of leaders being clear thinkers, leaders leading themselves, leaders leading others, and leaders living authentically. We, I didn't have that model. And, and when Randy and I wrote the book, we really didn't want to be the final expert on this. What we wanted to do is create this model that people could come back to over and over and over again. So 20, 30, 40 years ago, I just focused on what today's problems were. I, felt I was just trying to get my to-do list done. I was just trying to solve the most immediate problems that were in front of me. And As a consequence, I suppose I depended more on my instincts or my intuition for a long time rather than a big body of knowledge or continuous learning that would help me to make better decisions. But, you know, Dale, gradually I learned that not all intuition is correct. Sometimes we think we know the answer, we try it, and it doesn't work. Or sometimes it makes things worse instead of better. So that motivated me to start looking for opportunities to learn. So obviously the first thing back in those days, you went to the library, or I remember when the first Barnes and Noble opened up and it was, oh my goodness, what a wonderful thing, you can actually own a book (laughs) as opposed to taking it out of the library. And then I started to go to conferences and training seminars, and then I discovered audio cassettes. Of course, everything's delivered to us online today. But these audio cassettes, I would get a new set every month and listen to them. And that's what really got me motivated. And that's what helped me to begin to recognize that we don't get to a point where we've graduated from learning, but it's really a lifelong opportunity, challenge, and
1: responsibility. Yeah, this is uh, interesting. I was I have coffee with a group of guys every Friday morning, and one of them uh, told me that, Hey, I'm gonna go and take a class on woodworking to learn to build a cabinet. So it really covers the spectrum. And and I thought to myself, that's important. Constantly pushing to push constantly looking for ways to push yourself, learn something new outside your current skill set um, is definitely important for us. Do you find any pushback? I would imagine that everyone sees learning as a great lifelong habit to, to develop.
0: Well, I guess in theory, people would say, oh yeah, I believe in continually learning. But in practice, it's amazing to me how many executives I work with who do not have a regular habit or a thoughtful, intentional way of continuously learning. Most of them are sort of doing it ad hoc or improvisationally without thinking about, this is amazing, Dale, but years ago I heard a statistic. Of course, I have no idea how accurate it is today. I'm afraid it might actually be worse today. But the statistic that I heard was that 60% of people never read a nonfiction book after they graduate from high school. That's mind boggling. Now, let's put it in context. What about people who go to college? Well, it's only about 30% of people who go to college, and only about 20 or 25% of people who graduate from college, at least in the United States. Those statistics are probably different in other countries where people are listening to us. But the reality is that reading as a way of learning is not a normal practice for people. And if we're not learning through reading, how are we learning? Of course, there are many other ways that you can, but I think that reading is one of the quickest um, ways of identifying how intentional and how committed somebody is to developing continuous learning as a skill. So it's an amazing statistic.
1: And alarming but definitely an opportunity for us to grow as leaders. So what got you on the track of continuous learning?
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, it was frustration. Mostly with time management, I have a habit of building lists that are much bigger than I can ever check off. And uh, back in my 20s, as I was doing this, um, I got frustrated and said, I gotta figure out a better way to manage my time, to manage my to-do lists. And so I bought a cassette series, by a guy named Charles Hobbs, it was called Your Time in Your Life, and it it was either six or eight audio cassettes, and um, I received it in the mail, and then doggone it, I didn't have time to listen to it, (laughs) (laughs) and one day, one of my friends called me and told me how he had just been to a great seminar on time management by a guy named Charles Hobbs, and I said, what was the title of the seminar? He said, Your Time in Your Life. And doggone it, I got angry at myself because I'd had that seminar in my library, but I hadn't taken time to listen to it. It was about six months that I'd had it and not listened to it. So I decided that I was going to do something that I thought was somewhat drastic. I was going to come into the office half an hour early each day. And I told, at that time, I had a secretary. And I told her that for the first half hour, I didn't want to be interrupted by anybody unless it was life-threatening. Or, you know, unless a government, like a a law enforcement officer, was there or something like that. And I would come in half an hour early. At that time, it was at 7.30 each day. And for those 30 minutes, I determined I was going to ignore my to-do list. I was going to ignore all of the pressures of today. And I was going to invest 30 minutes in learning something new. I listened to those cassettes and I took notes because I listen better when I take notes. And I got through those cassettes and I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. What else could I use this 30 minutes for? And I began the practice then of at least 30 minutes a day of learning every day. Sometimes it was cassettes. Nowadays, it could be podcasts, could be listening to a book on Audible, or it could be reading. I do. I, I change the different ways that I do the learning because I think that's healthy. And it keeps me more engaged, more interesting in it. And so that was 40 years ago. Can you imagine how much you can learn if you devote 30 minutes a day to learning over 40 years? It's really amazing. And you don't even have to work at it that hard. If you put the time in, what happens is you're feeding your subconscious as well as your conscious mind with all of these ideas. And they pop back out in the most interesting ways. I like to say that I have not created anything new myself. Every idea I have, I got from somebody else. But what I do is sort of like a chef, I create new recipes of ideas. I aggregate them or organize them in new ways, most often in my subconscious mind, and they come out. And now, even though all the ideas from came, came from somebody else, I've learned something new, by the way, that I've put those different ideas together.
1: You've really created a, what I would call a learning strategy that, uh, to help you.
0: Actually, this is the next step because for years I just thought, well, learning is good. So I'm gonna, I, I, I went anywhere, sort of like the guy who said, I'm going to learn woodworking, which I want to get back to that in a little bit because I think that's a brilliant idea on his part. But I began to realize, what if I was more intentional What if I was more focused and strategic in how I went about continuously learning? In other words, what if I thought about if I invested my learning intentionally with specific areas of, of, of interest or expertise, what could that do to help me become more impactful in the world around me? And so that's where I began to think about developing a strategic learning plan every year just like we might develop a strategic business plan.
1: So lead us through the process, because this is where we can learn from your now, what, 40 years of experience <laughs> in in establishing this strategy and seeing the benefit of it. Um, we get to do it in a matter of a few minutes, which is valuable beyond words, so. Take us through your stri- your strategic learning plan.
0: So I'll give you seven different steps for developing a strategic learning plan. And of course, if any of our listeners want to write to me, we will go ahead and send you the um, seven steps. Uh, so number one, identify your passions. Make a list of the areas that you have great interest in. It, it grew over time i didn't just one day all of a sudden have this interest but my primary area of interest was understanding leadership what is it how is it practiced where is it headed how does it need to change in the future so what for you it may be some specific kind of artwork or it may be automobiles or it may be that you're an engineer and it's your field of engineering but first identify your passions because emotion is an important part to executing a strategic learning plan Number two, mentally create your future. Try to look out there 10 years or 15 years. I know it's hard to do that. You have to use your imagination, and you're probably going to do it with broad strokes instead of a lot of detail, but think about where you want to be 15 years from now in terms of your knowledge, in terms of your expertise. What do you want people to say about you, or how do you want to have impacted and served people when you look out there 15 years? That's number two, mentally create your future. Number three, determine that you're going to be consistent and persistent. So this is where I set aside the time. By the way, it's a whole nother story, but I eventually grew that 30 minutes to four hours a day of learning when I was running an international company with offices in eight different countries, and I found that the two keys to expanding the consistency and persistence with, it, with which you learn, number one is you have to make the commitment to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for you. This has to be a commitment that you have made. Number two, if you're going to be doing, doing it in an environment where you could be interrupted, you have to let other people know what you're doing and ask them to honor it. And when you do those two things, there's no telling how much time you can expand to become a continuous learner. So number three is be consistent and persistent. Number four, think about the idea of earning a new Ph.D. every three to five years. We talk about this in the book, The Complete Leader. What I mean by it is that essentially there are three practices that people go through to earn a real Ph.D., First, early in their work, they study all the other thought leaders in their area of expertise. Their job is to develop a comprehensive understanding of the body of knowledge that already exists in that area of interest. Second, it's their job to add to that body of knowledge or to advance learning there. So they write what we call a dissertation. What we're talking about here is that they go out and do research, and they discover some new piece of knowledge to add to the body of expertise in that area, and that becomes a dissertation. Third, they submit that dissertation to a group of experts in their field of knowledge. It's their committee, and they defend their dissertation. They defend that, in fact, they've gained new knowledge, and if that group, if that panel or that jury of peers agrees that, in fact, they've created something new, what is conferred on them is a PhD, so I'm not suggesting that everybody go to school every three to five years, but I'm saying use that idea that every three to five years, you're going to study the thought leaders in a particular area of interest. You're going to work on how you can advance that and add to that body of knowledge, and then you're going to submit what you're learning to other experts in that area for their feedback, for, their, for them adding to your understanding, and for them endorsing that, in fact, you've created something new. So I've done this for several years and it gives you sort of a new approach to continuous learning every three to five years. I'll give you an example, Dale. For me, still at the core of my desire for continuous learning is to understand leadership and understand new thinking around leadership. And over time, you begin to aggregate what you've learned, and there are a few new models that I've created around leadership that I'm not aware that anybody else has ever created them, but they came out of me studying all the other thought leaders and then using creative thinking as part of the learning process. But I quickly learned that in today's world, this VUCA world that we live in, that if I'm going to be effective in helping other people become better leaders, I have to learn about adult learning styles. I have to learn about how do adults learn most effectively. And of course, that's a changing dynamic with each generation because their exposure to learning methods has changed the way they prefer and the way that they best learn. So I've had to learn about gamification and I've had to learn about experiential training and I've had to learn about a lot of different ways of approaching helping adults grow and learn. So that's a secondary expertise that I've decided to develop. And then the third one for me right now, where I'm focused a lot of my continuous learning, is I'm learning about how to deliver learning experiences digitally or online. And I'm in the beginning of that journey where I'm studying all of the thought leaders in that, and looking at all the different ways it's being done. So this is how each of these, in a way, I'm thinking of, a new PhD where I've learned what all the thought leaders are teaching about it. I've worked to add something new or to innovate it. And then I'm submitting it to others. A lot of times I'm submitting it to our customers for their feedback. So it's an example of how I've developed and implemented a strategic learning plan.
1: Hmm. So I'm going to go through the list one more time. Identify your passions. Mentally create your future. Be consistent and persistent. And you said you, you were up to four hours a day when you were running a global company.
0: Yes. Now, I haven't been able to maintain that in my current responsibilities, but I still get in a minimum of 30 minutes a day and probably a minimum of five hours a week.
1: Hmm. Look at it as earning a new PhD every three to five years. Expand how you learn. If it's reading, listening, interviewing, playing, observing, there are a myriad ways uh, that we can learn and it's important to play in each. Promote learning in your organization and then I see with you, and this is what I really appreciate, it's you, you could say you practice what you preach but it's you are applying what you are learning.
0: Yeah, so Dale, thanks. Those last three I hadn't gotten to, but I appreciate you mentioning them because expanding how you learn comes back to this fellow who's doing woodworking. He's finding a new way to learn. So in this case, we could call that playing, but interviewing other people, developing observation skills, learning how to listen better. These are all different mechanisms for continuous learning. So for those people who don't like reading or maybe people who struggle with dyslexia or some other type of a learning um, shortcoming or obstacle. There are a lot of different ways to learn. If you're having trouble with it, just go find a new way to learn, but still make it intentional, consistent, persistent.
1: Fantastic. That does it for this conversation. We're running a little long on time, but I want you to give us a a heads up as to what we're going to talk about during our next podcast as we continue diving into this topic of continuous learning.
0: Well, we haven't talked a lot about the resources that are available on thecompleteleader.org, so I want to take a little deeper dive into what's on thecompleteleader.org, particularly around this idea of continuous learning.
1: Fantastic. Okay, that's coming up as we continue the conversation. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast and your favorite podcast listening app while you are in there. If you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. Plus, find all of the resources that Ron has mentioned and we will be talking about. You can go in and do a little homework and improve your continuous learning by taking a look at the website before the next edition of this podcast. It's thecompleteleader.org. We'd love to have you in there and you will see uh, just an amazing amount of information that goes along with the book, The Complete Leader by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. Thank you again, Ron. This is The Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader.
0: Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.